What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on YouTube at March 4th Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you family somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition out of March 4th with Mike Baum and Badcast. Excuse me, I got to burp a little bit. That wasn't appropriate, Michael. I swear, every time I record, uh, I have to burp or something. And uh, I've got a little bit of a long intro there, so I try to make sure I catch my breath. But I've uh, I've had my caffeine this morning, so the uh, the caffeine is running strong right now, guys. But I hope that everybody is doing well as this podcast is hitting your eardrums. It is officially Halloween, so I hope that everybody has a safe and fun Halloween. I know it's a Tuesday, so maybe a lot of you did your trick-or-treating over the weekend um, with your kids, or if you don't have kids, if you went to some Halloween parties, some costume parties or whatevs. Uh, I hope that everybody had a good time, man. It's a it's a favorite holiday of mine as well. I'm a big horror movie fan. You guys can't see it, but as I'm recording right now, I'm wearing my American Werewolf in London t-shirt. All-time classic horror movie. If you haven't seen it, one of the best, if not the best, in my opinion, it's the best werewolf transformation in any movie with practical effects. The same people who did the thriller video for Michael Jackson. It's amazing. Uh, it's kind of like a satire horror movie. There's actually some good uh, comedic move, uh, comedic moments in it, rather. Hashtag coffee. Slow down, Mike. Uh, but it's a great one, man. So I hope that everybody's doing well out there. It's crazy to think that we literally are in the last two months of the year and the holidays are quickly approaching. So I hope that everybody is hitting their goals that they had for 2023. I hope that going into this home stretch, everybody is healthy, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And if not, know that it gets better. Make sure that you just hang tough, hang in there, man. Uh, write down your goals for next year and start making changes now. You don't have to wait to, to do New Year's resolutions, man. It's never too late to make a positive change. So you are loved, you are supported. And you're here. So once again, thanks to everybody who checks out the show, all of you guys and gals and people who tell a friend to tell a friend and like and subscribe and share the content uh, on social media. All that stuff goes a long way in helping the pod get out to more people. And uh, I really appreciate it. Sundays are always kind of a reflective day for me, man. Uh, today, especially, I think it's uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, just missing family and missing home a little bit. It's been, a, it's been a challenging couple of years, but these last couple of months have been tough. My grandma passed away two months ago. And even though she had a great run, it was still, there's chapters that start to close in your life that, um, I don't know if take for granted is the right word, but you're, you're so used to things being a certain way for so long that when they change, it's, it's weird. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so like my mom and my aunt and my uncle have been, you know, getting her affairs in order, uh, since her passing and, uh, my grandpa passed away, it's been 12 years now. So she was on her own for a while and thankfully she had her, her, her memory mostly up until the end. I mean, obviously as you get older, it starts to get a little spotty, but she was, she was still pretty sharp 
you know, into her nineties and, um, was able to live independently, thank God, up until the the very end, the last couple months of her life. And so, uh, uh, all that said, they've, uh, gotten to a point where they're selling her condo and stuff. And even my mom texted us a, a couple of days ago, she texted us, my, my sister and my brother. And, you know, it just hits you. You're like, wow, this, this is going to be one of the last times I'm in my, my parents' condo. You know, my grandparents had that condo in a suburb of Toledo, Ohio called Sylvania for about 30 years, you know, when they moved back in the early nineties and, um, you know, decided to be a big part of our lives as grandparents growing up with myself and all of my cousins, man, there were 10 of us between my grandma and grandpa's three kids. So I'm a little reflective on that. Um, and in addition to that, uh, it was my grandma's birthday last week, two of my buddies, it was their birthdays last week. Shout out Justin and Dave, two of my best friends in the whole world. I love you. Um, and today is actually the eight year anniversary of me moving to Nashville. So. Uh, so yeah, I got a lot of, a lot of stuff going through the old, the old skull right now in terms of memories and reflection and just the ups and the downs of just of life, um, over the last couple of years. And even the last few months, man, with, uh, my grandma's passing and, you know, um, changes in family and stuff recently, it's, um, it's a bit weird, but at the same time, I think if you can count on both hands, the people that you love and the people who love you, you're doing pretty good in this world, man. I got a chance to catch up. A little bit earlier on a Zoom uh, with with my brother and my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew a little bit. I love those guys and I miss them. So, so yeah, Sundays can make me a little a little bit sad, but but um, but at the same time, I think it's just a reminder of how lucky I am, you know, to have the people in my life that I do who love me and and want to see me shine. And um, and I'm just really grateful to have this podcast as an avenue to express myself, but more importantly, hopefully, put you guys on to to people who inspire you to chase your dreams. And speaking of which, you know, one of the, one of the best things about this show, and, and I, I know I probably sound like a broken record to people who listen to me all the time, but I get to connect with a lot of really awesome people, you know, and, um, it's cool when you get to a point where you're making enough noise positively that people start reaching out to you. And this week's guest was one of those people. He found me, I think through, um, another podcast he had listened to, um, and he's in the Phoenix area, and I've had numerous Phoenix uh, and Arizona-based artists on the show over the years. But he is none other than Sean Fitzpatrick. He currently plays bass in Otherwise. He also has his latest single, Halo, which just came out on October 6th. The music video is sick. The single is sick. And uh, like I said, he's based in Arizona, but he's got ties to the Midwest like myself with my Midwest roots. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool to connect with him and, and learn about his musical journey. You know, he, he played guitar for a long time in a band called sleep signals and he had a really good run going into COVID, um, played with the likes of a Treyu, ice nine kills. Hell yeah. And since the pandemic, like 2020 ish, Sean has been doing a lot of solo writing. Um, he's written a lot with Ricky Armolino and in basically like, I think like a two-year period, he he created over a hundred tracks um, at the same place in Phoenix, and uh, he's got buddies in a band called City of the Week. Cody Hoffman actually produced the music video for Halo, which turned out really well. Donovan Winter Boyer was uh, starring in the music video. It's got a great concept with um, you know broken glass and you know kind of picking yourself up from 
from pieces of the past. It's it's a really cool concept, and the song is really great. If you're a fan of pop punk, if if you love that wave that's been going on right now with the resurgence of that the last couple of years, um, I think you're really going to dig Halo if you're a fan of pop punk and alternative. And and since 2020, he's he's pumped out a handful of singles. And and uh, otherwise, their latest record just came out in March called Godzillionaire. So they've been doing shows. Uh, and like I said, um, he's been their touring bassist for a good chunk of this year. So Sean's got a lot of irons in the fire musically. And, and it was really cool to catch up with him and learn more about his musical journey. You know, like I said, as a guy who's got Midwest roots um, and has been making music in, in Phoenix these last several years and and you know, staying sharp. He can sing. He can play guitar. He can play bass. Uh, he's he's a really good down to earth cat, and it it was really humbling to have somebody reach out and and want to be on the show. And and uh, you know, anytime I I connect with somebody who's chasing their dreams, but also somebody who's got Midwest ties like me, it's always cool to see them shining and chasing their dreams. So without further ado, I'm gonna shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Sean Fitzpatrick. Here it is. All righty. Well, there we go. Well, Sean, thanks so much again, dude, for taking the time. It's uh, it's always uh, when people find you and and you hit me up and, and and it's been fun to check out your stuff and check out the latest otherwise record. Like I was telling you before we officially hit record, they've they've been in my wheelhouse for a while as a fan of hard rock and uh you're playing bass for them but you also just had a new single come out halo which the video was sick i i, I thought the hook was really catchy as well and um yeah man i'm just really stoked for what you got going on so thanks for taking some time with me on the pod man absolutely man pleasure to be here yeah so let's if you don't mind let's go back to to the beginning a little bit man because i always like to know where people start like i was telling you before the jump even listening to your, your solo stuff that you've been putting out, you know, back going back to like 2020, uh, I believe I have Spotify. And that's when I saw the singles, like mm -hmm. the first, up. um, like you rap, you play bass, you play guitar, you sing, uh, have you, have you been doing music since you were a little kid, man? Like, like I've what been, was the I've been first... doing music a long time at this point. That's for sure. I think like I started playing guitar when I was like 10 years old and just been been in in and out of bands ever since I was like 14 like we just started young and never quit you know except for covid for a couple of years but when I became a rapper <laughs> yeah so talk to me a little bit about like what was what's your earliest musical memory Sean like do you, do you remember the first time something really like whether it was an earworm a song a, a family member a friend what what was the earliest thing that kind of kind of got you bit by the music book well, I never really had a whole lot of people in my family that were musicians, but definitely the uh, the time where I wanted to play guitar is kind of when Guitar Hero came out, and it was like right around that game, and then I was like, oh man, I, I want to learn how to play guitar because of this, you know, I was so addicted to that shit, and then being able to like pick up a guitar was just as cool to me. How old were you at that time? Like 10 years old, nine, 10? Uh, let's see. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like 10, 11 years old. I think I'd had a guitar at that point. It was already kind of like an interest. And then kind of when that game came out, uh, 
kind of elevated it to the next level, gave it, I don't know, it just definitely made it more interesting, you know. There's more music like I kind of wasn't aware of and really had a lot of like cool, like underrated bands in it that kind of wrapped in like the the more modern rock scene, you know. A lot of sleepers and like that Guitar Hero 3 game. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think I think that game was like a it was like a mark whoever did that was a marketing genius because Oh yeah. It it gave it gave kids a chance to like be a rock star, you know, but at the same time I think it put I put I think it put a lot of the the younger generation onto bands that maybe wouldn't have been in their wheelhouse otherwise just from what they were listening to maybe with other kids their age. Mm -hmm. Um cuz I remember well, even like like you're talking about sleeper stuff like dream theater was on there i remember oh, yeah that's definitely uh the first time i ever heard dream theater i play well, for my guitars i uh i play ernie ball stuff and i use john Petrucci's guitars as my guitars now so but definitely the first time i ever heard dream theater was in the guitar hero game <laughs> yeah i was looking up the pictures so cuz you have was it the ernie ball music man is that the guitar yep. you have mhm mm that's a sick guitar. I, I play Ernie Ball basses and Ernie Ball guitars. I love that company. That's kind of like a dream too from playing Guitar Hero games. And they had like, you get sponsored by Ernie Ball in the game. That was like, Ernie Ball was always so cool because on the backs of the packs, they had all the bands that are, were endorsed by them at the time written on there. And now it's like kind of cool that like, I'm endorsed by them and I uh I see like I'm not on the back of the pack. I'm not that cool, but I like can see homies on the back of the pack now and that's definitely kind of a cool thing. One day man, we'll put it out in the ether, you know. Right. I mean, no, I got to hit my hit my bro up. <laughs> yeah, man. So where did you grow up, Sean? Are you originally from Phoenix? Are you originally from I'm Arizona? Originally from Chicago. I grew up in uh the south uh northwest indiana area of chicago okay so were you like gary area like yeah a little bit like in the general area that a little bit south of gary yeah i worked in that area like when i was in high school like maryville indiana area that's definitely like where i spent most of my teenage like years was out in that area that's cool. So you're you're a fellow Midwest kid like me, man. That blue collar work ethic is in you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you don't. They don't build them anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, you did a cool post. I was doing. I was doing an Instagram dive to get ready for this, man. Um, as we've we've connected over the last couple of weeks, and uh, you did a really cool post. I think it was a little over a month ago, talking about how it's been seven years or something since you first played your first live show. And it was at a dive bar in, in the South side of Chicago and your, and your mom and Graham, Graham came out and oh, seven yeah. years <laughs> later, you're playing bass and otherwise and have a new single out. Like that's gotta be a, a kind of a cool, a cool look back when you think about it and, and really, really a relatively short period of time, man. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just been like, go, go, go the whole time. I haven't, I don't really take breaks well. And I don't know. It's just like the motivation is there. So it sounds generic, but you know, it's fun. Keeps me going. So going from guitar hero to otherwise your solo stuff, 
being sponsored by Ernie Ball. What was like the midpoint in there, Sean, where where you felt like like, hey, I know music is is what I really want to do. You mentioned being in bands. I know it was yeah. sleep sick, right? Uh before yep. kind of the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So when did when did when did things kind of go from like, hey, this is fun. I love playing guitar hero to like, okay, I feel like music is something that I can do and it's something that I really want to do. Okay. So we were like more along the timeline of the playing in bars to my mom and grandma. <laughs> Um, I, that band evolved into another band and that was kind of like the first original band I was in. It was called Within the Trenches and we did one record in, uh, in the Chicagoland area and the band did, ended up doing one tour. It was really small. I think we played like somewhere in Indiana in the middle of nowhere and then like Ohio, uh, Louisiana or not Louisiana, um, like Louisville or something like that. And then we played back in Chicago and that was like the tour. And then after that, like that band kind of broke up, but, um, and then I got linked up with the sleep signals guys and did quite a few years of that. And that's kind of when, I don't know, we were just doing it like a little bit more serious than just like playing the bar gig back at home, you know? And that's kind of like when the turning point for me was like, Oh, now I am like setting up my life at home in such a way that I can tour all the time. Cause we were touring a lot before COVID. You're probably touring like six to eight months out of the year, every, any year. And, uh, yeah, we were just kind of set up for it and built for it at the time. And once you get going on that, it's like, you don't stop unless there's a pandemic, you know, like, there's yeah. no reason to. You guys had some awesome shows too. I saw a Trey U, um, Einstein mm-hmm. Kills, who is who is you know blowing up now and playing with oh, totally. Like in yeah, yeah, that's wild. How did you link those guys when you were touring and stuff, man? We toured with Einstein um, on their record. Uh, the Silver Scream was coming out when this tour started, and. I think that was kind of the turning point for the band too. Well, definitely looking back now is where there'd be like half the people at that show there to see Ice Nine Kills playing right after us. And then Memphis Mayfire and then the Treyu, you know, it was like, it was a wild tour to be on, especially for like our first bigger tour we were on. Like it was definitely a crazy experience, but that's where I got linked up with Ricky and, um, started working with Ricky during COVID when uh when we were locked down when I was kind of trying to decide what kind of music I wanted to make. Yeah, so so talk to me about like getting that that Ice Nine tour. I mean, obviously like you said with Sleep Signals, you guys had been grinding and grinding and grinding like how did that happen? Was there like yeah. a phone like how did how did that whole thing come together cuz that's in in Memphis too. I mean, that in a trade right. that's a tour. Yeah, that was a that was a big tour. I think uh so how I remember I mean this was years ago now. But it was definitely something like with our management at the time and uh I don't even think that the tour was supposed to be Ice Nine and Memphis Mayfire. It was supposed to be like a Treyu and someone else and then us. And then I didn't even know until like it got announced and then Ice Nine was on it. And I, I wasn't even like that familiar with them at the time. 
And then uh, Memphis Mayfire was definitely like one of my bands early on, you know. So that was like a really cool like ad. So it was cool to get to spend a month with those guys and play at a, a different caliber, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Memphis, Memphis, the dudes in Memphis are, are good dudes. Um, mm -hmm. not to name drop for the listeners. All right. You guys should know me by now that I'm not name droppy, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Kellen, uh, McGregor from, from Memphis, super, super down to earth dude, super talented, but, uh, I've, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last few years through some mutual friends and, you know, him, him and his wife, Tiffany are like two of the nicest people ever and gotten a chance to, see a couple of shows here in Nashville and uh I loved their 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 latest record man uh to me that was like some of I mean I, I enjoyed their their whole catalog but that do was they like, live in Nashville are they from uh, Nashville do, them or me no uh Memphis Mayfire Memphis they're they were originally from Texas where they started oh. But but now but now I, I'm pretty sure all of them are are all based in the Nashville area I know Kellen's oh, okay Addie's um, so I, I think it's been home base for them for, for several years now, but originally, yeah, they're from, I think they're from the Dallas area, Texas, Right on. but yeah, they're good dudes, man. What, what did you learn uh, on that tour, dude, uh, just in terms about yourself as a musician and then also just playing with some heavy hitters like that. And then like we were just saying, like, obviously ice nine, even seeing them with Metallica is pretty oh, insane. Oh yeah, totally. So what, what was that like for you? What, any, any core memories stick out? I think that that was like that was like the chain the tipping point where like touring like had if you're gonna like it, before that you know you miss a show on a tour or something like that it's kind of like whatever you know I'm not trying to like discredit it or anything like that but you know the tire blew out and like you want to get there and you're gonna try but it's different when there's gonna be that many people at the show and uh like it i mean it's, it's expensive to tour and you got to play the show to keep going you know and uh i think that that was the first time i realized like i mean we were out after that show after each show like selling copies of our record at the time like hustling as well as we could and i mean we did pretty good on the tour and sold like a lot of records we were charting on billboard with our uh, independent record at the time. And it was just from selling physical units at uh, shows like that. And it worked really well for us. And we like hit it really hard on that tour, but it was definitely like you play your set and you're outside all night hustling. And that's just like the model we toured by during those years. So uh yeah i definitely learned like the work ethic is a lot <laughs> and the intensity is a lot when there's that many people that you're expecting and especially as a new band no one knows who we're going to be so we need to show up and play for them <laughs> you know yeah i think in the in terms of the world of entertainment it's like to me, the two of the scariest things are stand-up comedy, just being up there by yourself, mm -hmm. but also being an opening band on on a bill, you know, because you're you're out there trying to get the crowd ready for all the, all the other bands, but also like make a name for yourself and and get get everybody warmed up and give them a reason to like 
like pay attention and get rowdy and um totally and if they're not being like a band especially like being a band opening for ice nine kills on their silver scream record like had just dropped this is the first time anybody has seen them play this shit live and like i mean we had to like for a, a active rock band we had to be pretty hype you know that's what that's all i'm saying <laughs> i think we did it i think we did them good <laughs> Well, shoot, yeah, like you said, I mean, to 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 end up charting with an independent record like that, I mean, obviously you guys were hustling and 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 bringing it every night. So I think, I think where you are now is a testament to that to that work ethic and grind. I mean, it's just totally there is no secret sauce, man. I think if you look at anybody who's successful or enjoys what they're doing, whatever level of success it is, or however people define that, I always feel like that's the common ingredient: is you have to yeah. you have to and you have to put the work in. So yeah, kudos. you got to put the work in you gotta put the time in i'm not i'm not planted here i didn't just start growing out of the ground <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and for you like what's what's it been like you mentioned working with uh with ricky from ice nine so obviously you struck up a relationship with those guys and with him but what's it been like to see those guys playing with metallica man like one of the heavy metal giants i mean that's that is surreal you know seeing some of those shows it's crazy I saw, uh, well, since that tour, I saw Ricky play when he played with Slipknot uh, a couple, like a year ago or something like that. And then uh, when they came through Metallica, I had a gig. So I had to play a gig with Otherwise in Madison. But that show ended up getting canceled here. And then they weren't on the, the, the new date. So I didn't get to see the Metallica show, but it looked sick looks look fucking sick i wanted to go to it at least one of them but didn't happen <laughs> the madison show that otherwise played look that's what the show that it was the same weekend <laughs> yeah was that taste of madison was it it's taste of madison yeah that was that was an awesome show yeah because they do it like out on the street right in front of like the capitol building whatever that's a really cool oh. stuff yeah i didn't i wasn't even aware of that until like we got there and then I was like, damn, this is sick. I like better now, step that way. For otherwise, Sean, at what point did you did you join those guys? I was trying to look at the timeline on that. And the new record is awesome. Everybody listening, right. go check out Godzillionaire. Yeah, Godzillionaire, check that out. I don't have any part in that record, but that record is sick. So check it out. <laughs> um the uh yeah, I got, I got linked up with those guys a little earlier this year, actually. So I'm relatively new. They were doing two tours with Adelie Desway, and uh, I hopped on those two, and then I've been doing every all the shows since. So, because otherwise, is uh, they're based in in Vegas, and I'm I'm that's where mm -hmm. Adelie is based too, I believe, right? Yep, they're both uh, Vegas based bands. We actually got. Uh, a show with Adelie Desway coming up in Vegas on November 12th, I believe. It's for the their organization, Life by Music, that is a um, nonprofit that provides uh, guitars to um, at-risk youth in like schools and stuff like that. So they go in and if kids want to learn guitar, they can get a guitar and they don't have to they don't have to worry about it. We give them some like things to start, like learning and everything like that. 
but uh yeah we have a, a fundraising event with a a 5k marathon that's gonna be next month so or whenever this comes out it's gonna be like tomorrow <laughs> this will be late october as people are hearing this but yeah, yeah i should be talking about that <laughs> check that out life by music that's really cool, man. Yeah, I, I got a chance to see those guys back in the day too, in uh, in Toledo with with one of my best buddies, Dave. Um, because yeah, they've been they've been tracking. I feel like they're, I feel like the timeline of of them and otherwise, like in terms of when they came into my periphery and and sort of that that hard rock, active mm -hmm. rock world was was kind of the same time. So it's cool to see see both bands still doing their thing. And I I really love Godzilla, man. I mean, like La Familia, Coffins. Full disclosure, exit wound, um, the blind melon cover at the at the end of the record was a sick way to finish it off. Like that, they did an awesome oh, yeah. job. Is is there any songs that in particular that you love or that are fun to play live? I like playing exit wounds because I'm playing bass. Um, yeah. I think that it'd be fun to play Godzilla there. I want to. We haven't played that one live yet, but I think it'd be a fun one to play. Yeah, I, I really I really like their music. They are uh, a band that has stood the test of time and have always put a hundred percent into their record and it shows like you look up a lot of bands and I mean, they released like four bad records here and there, you know, and like they never did that. So that's why I stuck with these guys. <laughs> it, it really is a great front to back. Listen for, for people listening to the show right now. Finish the interview with Sean and I, but definitely listen to that record if you haven't listened to it because Godzillionaire is really awesome. I mean, it's a real there's aggressive moments, but there's also some really, really great melodic moments as well. Um, and there, there's there's no filler really from front to back. I was listening to it before I talked to you and I was like, damn, like this is sick, man. So definitely everybody check it out. But how did you how did you come onto their radar, Sean? Uh I think it was I got linked up with their manager at the time uh, through uh, one of my homies in uh, Phoenix at some at a party, like at a party like, okay, so I probably got linked up with them in like February. And then this was probably around this time last year in October, I was at a party and I was just talking to somebody and I didn't even play bass live or anything like that i play guitar live and i could do like higher on gigs so if people were looking for somebody like last minute to fill for a tour like i i was actively like a a guitarist that could do that and then otherwise was or i was talking to my buddy and he's like well do you play bass at all and i was like yeah i could play bass so like if you ever get something that's like good I would consider it and I would have to like get a bass rig and everything like that. So then flash forward to like February time, he hits me up and he's like, uh, these guys otherwise are looking for a basis for a tour in like three weeks or something like that. And I was like, Hmm, well, this looks sick. So I listened to some of their music and it was like, cool. And it was like pretty, uh, like I was saying, consistent. And I appreciated that. So I was like, all right, I'll buy a bass rig and we'll just do this. So, and I flew out to Vegas and did the tour with them. 
and got my bases stolen on that tour. I don't know if you saw that in the thread of stuff, but I got my bases stolen the first tour I did with Otherwise. But did, uh, you did see did that? People, yeah. Did people do? Uh, did they do a GoFundMe they or did. something? They raised they raised money, and we were able to uh, replace my bases and. Um, we raised even more than that. I just replaced my gear and then we donated the rest to uh, Life by Music. So we were able to buy a ton of guitars for kids. And that was kind of like the full circle with it, where m being able to play and do something that like has always been like kind of fucking off for me became like a little bit more serious. Like we were actually able to help some people with it. So that's what... That's my otherwise story. So I've stuck with those guys since then, and they're great guys. Well, that's cool. I'm 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 sorry that your stuff got stolen, but I'm glad that there was a there was a happy ending to the story. Being able to totally to people, you know, it's it's good. That, and it's to, not like they got anything that was that sentimental to me. I just bought it like two two weeks before. It's like I bought it and it just walked away. <laughs> Yeah, it's it sucks when people gotta when people gotta do stuff like that, man. It's like I I don't I don't get it. That's why you know, that's why I, it, it's it, anytime I see that stuff where bands get their gears stolen, I'm like, man, these pieces of crap out there that just think crazy, that they, oh, man. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's crazy. I, he was like hanging around all night, and then like, yeah, I don't know. I just this these people disappeared, and then my bases were gone. So, but so did they ever? get the perpetrator i mean i talked to the police about it but nothing i haven't heard i haven't gotten any bases delivered to my house so <laughs> yeah well a good basement <laughs> well you're still with otherwise you're able to give back to the kids which is which is a positive and uh and now you've got solo music coming out so i, I again i think what's cool like we were talking about before the jump so Halo came out 10-6, so hopefully by the time everybody hears this at the end of October, run up the streams, run up the views of the music video. But uh, talk to me and the people a little bit about Halo, man. Like, I thought the visual and the video was really awesome. Um, shout out to to Cody from City of the Week, right? He's the one who did yeah. the video. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but I liked the visual. You were, like, laying in the broken glass and... Uh, kind of the the back and forth with the with the girl in the video and it, and that's is it Donovan Winter Boyer is that who that mm -hmm. is I looked that up but what what was kind of the concept behind this and just even like the timing of of getting all this to come out cuz I know you've been working on a lot of music uh from a solo standpoint the last few years Yeah there's been uh there's been like a lot of projects going on the last couple of years we kind of during covid like when I started doing like the rapping and like putting out all these different kind of tracks out of nowhere. It was just basically like I had a lot of time and I just like wrote a lot of music. So we were just pushing out some crazy shit. But uh, um, kind of when it started with Halo, Halo was like, I started working with Ricky. I had worked with like a couple local producers um, on those other singles and I just wasn't getting, I wanted to become a better songwriter in the process. So I started working with Ricky and uh, he kind of helped me with arranging uh, the lyrics correctly to kind of make like songs that have like how you make a song with a catchy hook is definitely like a formula to a, a degree, you know, 
you got to have like the music and you got to have everything sit in a certain way, but definitely changing like a few words here and there will make a song like elevate it to that next step. So like working with him, like we got the track done. We got the track done. Like I want to say like two, two and a half years ago now. So it's oh. like, this is like when uh, MGK is like all you're seeing and like, bunch of crazy shit's going on still and we were just we were just cooking tracks like i have a whole album that's like done and ready to go too that's more in the style of like the halo track but uh yeah we had the song done and then cody i like bounced the song off a bunch of people just to see like what they're thinking about it if it's like a good enough track that they think like I should go try to film like a video. Cause we had filmed like the rap videos and stuff and they were definitely like a little bit easier concept and not as much to it. So we, we decided like, yeah, we're going to go with it and we're going to film Halo. And we filmed all the mirror scenes um, up in Minneapolis when I still lived there. So I hadn't even moved to uh, Arizona. There was like a couple years in between living in Chicago and, uh phoenix that i lived in minneapolis and uh i was there uh for the majority of like covid and that time but uh yeah so we started we got the we got the video filmed and we just i had it and probably sat on it for like a year and a half until like earlier this year when i was like what are we doing with this it was like never like a completed idea like we had the mirror, like that whole thing films and we had had like uh, the right like props and like had visually appealing and everything like that. But it just didn't have that extra uh, little ounce of something that it needed. So I decided to add all the scenes with uh, with Donovan. So we went through and did all that and. Yeah, what's crazy, yeah, Cody definitely did a really good job on that video. We filmed that video with like a like a under $1000 camera and like DIY'd the fuck out of it to make it like something special, so I'm happy of how it came out, but it was definitely like a slow process. Like I I took my time on that one cuz I wanted it to be like the right representation of like the new work that I've been working on. Yeah, dude, I thought it came out really well. You know, I think I think like you said, fans of like whether it's like Swaco or MGK or Blink, like that pop punk resurgence that I feel like it's been happening over the last couple of years, people will dig it. But but also just if you, if people are a fan of like rock and just like a like a, a chorus right. <clears throat> with them, I think they'll like it too. And even looking up the meaning behind the the music video and kind of how it was set up, it was it's basically like kind of picking up the pieces right from the past and feeling mm -hmm. like okay I'm, I'm kind of like you know laying in this broken glass and trying to figure things out and get myself back together again and then and right. then kind of roll in the video as far as like the way the song is it's it, it sounded like it was kind of like uh i don't know if i'd say like a broken relationship but but one that kind of tugs at the heartstrings yeah yeah totally totally and like 
it was totally unintentional that we were able to make a video like that. But I think that that like kind of proves the point. And this is like for people out there that like are like starting like their first because I've done a lot of music videos and like all the different types of music videos that you've seen every band do. And like, I think that when it comes to making a concept, you just have to really finish the idea. And if you finish the idea, it'll just work. <laughs> so that's like what I would tell anybody that's like trying to think of a video idea. They got a song and they want to put it out the right way. Like definitely take your time because it can, it can all work out, you know, but I definitely didn't put it out like many times, you know, I didn't never, never told anybody else that, but I would say like, oh, I'm going to release it here. And then the day would come and go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw too that um, you you did another post where you're talking about how, how you guys had recorded something like, like a hundred songs and basically. Oh like yeah years at the same place and what was that with most of the the city of the week tribe or were they involved in that stuff too along with ricky uh ricky so ricky when i worked with him i have uh two tracks that i worked on with ricky uh including halo and uh those were i worked on those remote like during covid so i would be like ricky told me like what i needed to get at home so i got like a pre his preamp and his mic and an apollo like interface thing and uh i just started to get really good at recording myself at home so i record most of my vocals at home like halo i just recorded at home but i had ricky on skype with me being like okay do the take do better take like here and then let me hear it and then like we literally recorded it like that and it worked because if as long as he could hear like what he needed to hear to be able to mix the track, then that's that's how you get it done, you know. For sure, for sure. Well, it came out great, man. And I think just the ingenuity of that time too. It's it's wild that it's coming up on like almost four years since COVID. The, the world oh, totally kind of like a a twilight zone since, and even even stuff that's happened in my life. It's like, man, there's a lot of life that happened in four years. But I'm glad that. Um, you like so many, uh, and even myself included, doing this podcast. I feel like it was a big, it was a big reset button for everybody. Oh man. yeah, totally. It makes you kind of look yourself in the mirror. Uh, no pun intended with the music video that you did, but <laughs> but look yourself in the mirror and go like, what's important to me, and what what do I really want to do with myself, and you know what kind of imprint do I want to leave behind, and and right. how make something positive out of a really crazy situation, you know, and. I think that's the first time in my life and probably a lot of people's lives where it's like everybody's on the same level now, you know, you everybody's stuck at home, you know, some people lost their jobs, you know, so I guess I shouldn't say everybody was on the same level, but just right. that isolation thing, like in it, I think for me, yeah. it definitely my anxiety, unfortunately, but it also got, you know, kicked me in the, in the butt and was kind of the kick in the butt that I needed to get the podcast going again, you know? Right. And then I think like anything like that, like you were saying, like, it's like a you're trading like a one positive for another positive, you know, and I think like everybody kind of had one of those things during that time. So now it's cool, like we're a couple of years past and like people are starting to bounce back 
it just takes everybody like a different amount of time to bounce back from shit like that, you know? And I think that like people have are definitely out and rocking again. And like, that's a cool thing to be able to like full circle, be a part of, you know, especially like, I mean, I didn't know like when that shit was going down, if I'd ever get on the road again, you know, but looking back at even this year now, like I got a bunch of cool gigs to play with the otherwise boys and just want to keep doing this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool that you didn't, that you didn't give up. And I think, I think that's like anything in life. If you, if you love something enough, like you'll, you'll go after it, whatever it is, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll find a way to like make it work or give it another shot, give it the old college try, as they say. And I think it's cool that it's like, you were just grinding, man. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you too, Sean. And thanks again so much for the time, man. Um, and the time we have left, like, when did you discover your voice? I mean, we talked about Guitar Hero and all of that and playing guitar, but as far as finding your singing voice and even even your rapping voice, like some of those tracks you were spitting when I went back and looked up like Cheesecake and Drip and Crazy, like when when did you know that you could do those things or how long had you been doing those things? I had done, I done like screams. That was probably like the first time I picked up the mic. I was even in my first band. I played guitar and I screamed, but I wasn't like the main screamer or nothing like that. We had like the the vocalist doing both at the time. And then there was a band I was in right after that called The Scars Heal on Time from uh Houston, Texas. It was a a sister uh fronted band and I was like the third in the band. It was only a three piece. And uh I did a handful of vocals for them and i don't know it just kind of became a thing as i started joining these bands i had a mic now and i would was able to play whatever i had to play and i started to pick up vocals for vocalists if they needed it because live it's hard to be a vocalist so i've always been like the the reliable backup in pretty much every project i've been in and i don't know like singing I feel like as my voice developed more, it's just been a lot more, pretty consistent for me. I've never like, other than doing my couple solo tracks, like even performed with it yet. So we'll see how it goes when it comes to doing shows, but I think we'll be all right since we're all seasoned from touring. Yeah. I thought it was cool, man, because it's like, I, I feel like if, if, if I didn't know you, if if you if somebody would have just gave me like one of the rap tracks and then they gave me Halo, I wouldn't have known it was the same person. And I think that's really right. cool. I compliment to the fact that you can kind of you can go between those two worlds, man. Because yeah, and that's kind of how like you were asking about like the songs and like writing all those songs. Like that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Like I was just on a writing binge where like, all right, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a really good rap beat. And we're just gonna get this shit going maybe like i have so many songs that just had no, not like no words on them they're all just like all over the place genres and some of them might come out sometime and others definitely will never come out but you know but yeah there are track there are uh quite a few tracks that are written uh uh with city of the week for their new stuff that's going to be coming out at some point so. That, that you worked on with them yeah i write with city of the week uh 
for a lot of tracks that a lot of their new stuff I've been working on with them. Because they live in Phoenix too, the two of them. So we collab on stuff. They got co-writes on uh, some of my songs as well. So we just kind of bounce ideas off of each other and we're like creative with each other. So That's cool. It's good to have that collaborative environment. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Especially like when we do videos and all that stuff, it's like, it's an all in one package when you work with us. So if you ever want to work with some pros, hit us up because <laughs> we get shit done. <laughs> so you mentioned during that time, like, uh, was that a reflection of the music you were listening to as well, as far as the stuff that was coming out, like hip hop? Like Oh uh -huh. yeah. I mean, I've yeah. always liked rap, like being from Chicago. You, it's hard to like grow up in Chicago and not like know whatever everybody's bumping at the time, you know, like, you know, it, like it's the Midwest, man. <laughs> I feel like less people out in Arizona listen to rap than they did in the Midwest. Yeah, man. Yeah. The Midwest. And I feel like, you know, people, people always talk about like LA and New York and understandably. So, I mean, those, mm -hmm. those are, hip-hop lore you know what i mean but oh, yeah get about chicago and even kansas city with tech nine and you know detroit obviously with with eminem and big sean and everybody coming out of there but i mean yeah juice world r.i.p man he got me through some some pretty hard times in 2021 so shout out to the late great juice world that that was yeah. uh you know goodbye and good riddance got me through a lot of <laughs> <laughs> stuff in 2021 oh yeah he was he was very like hot in chicago i remember when you start hearing about juice world his freestyles were ridiculous too oh, just yeah. there, there's a one one or two videos that i saw on youtube uh when i started really getting into him where just off the cuff like a guy would hold up a pen and then he would work that into a rhyme or like like just picking up stuff in the room and he would just go 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 and i was like god that is just so crazy to be able to do that at like 19 or 20 years old or whatever he was it was just insane right yeah he was crazy what other what other rappers uh either that you were listening to over the, the years in the pandemic where you were making a lot of this stuff or, or even now are, are there any any that you want to give a shout out whether they're ones that are known or unknown i think like definitely the rapper I definitely started making rap tracks because I love Post Malone. I especially like when Stoney came out, like that was like on repeat for me, like so much. That was my favorite record at the time and everything. And uh, I definitely like appreciate his first three records for kind of giving me like molding my sound a little bit at the time. And I still like to keep electronics and all that stuff i like not dated electronics i'll say that right now and then halo's gonna be real dated in like a couple years but i've already had it a couple years so i think it'll be all right <laughs> you'll be fine yeah but, it's, it's, uh, yeah see his, man. he's good i mean i like kanye but i don't think i can say that anymore <laughs> sure you can yeah man graduation was sick <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I, you know, sadly, yeah, he's he's had a lot of negative headlines, but but I mean, it, you can't take away from just the the musical genius that dude is. Oh yeah, and the, I can't knock the art. Yeah, man. Um, 
yeah, Posty's it's it's been cool to see his uh his ascent as well. And there's some threads there too. Or I I I remember seeing some interviews with him where he said Guitar Hero was kind of instrumental for him back in the day too. Right. Getting stuff and it's been cool to see him, especially these last two records. I feel like have been, you know, I I would say the most just from listening to his catalog because I I love Stony too as well. Um and you know Beer Bongs, Bentleys and whatever, but like. I really love 12 Carat Toothache. That was one where I felt like he was he was super introspective on that one. There's there's a couple of darker ones on that one where you're like, man, he was really going through some stuff probably with just all of a sudden being everywhere and the fame and right. everything. Um, and he seems like the nicest dude too. I think that's a, a really good example to set for people out there. Like he he genuinely seems like a good guy to have that kind of talent and be as gracious with people as he as he is and as totally. kind interviews as he is i think that's really cool Hell well, yeah. before, before we wrap it up sean um i i just want to say thanks again man for uh for connecting with me again it's always uh it's always flattering when people find you and and want to hop on the podcast um and I've, I've had it with like a lot of different people over the years man and uh you know just learning more about you getting ready for this and even even in this conversation um you know, I, I can tell you're somebody that uh, puts the work in uh, and obviously you have a lot of talent um, and it's cool to see good things happen to good people, man. So I, I, I really appreciate the time. Uh, just a couple more things before I get you out of here, man. Like just, you know, going back and reading about your mom and your gram coming out to the first show. Can you talk about just what they've meant to you and what their support has meant to you uh, over the years and, and oh, what it's sure. like for them now seeing, seeing your ascent as you continue to, to move up in the music industry and the music oh, world. Oh yeah. Yeah, my parents uh definitely uh had supported me with music and stuff over the years and always let me like practice in their basement, like with the band, like way too much, you know, like every week be in there like once or twice when we were first starting out and it's cool that I can travel back home because especially like beat on the road all the time i've missed a lot of shit over the years i've missed a lot of like uh family events and you know you kind of give up a lot of stuff like that if you're going to be on the road most of the time and even with like the stuff the last couple of years like even traveling became way more difficult but being able to like tour gives me the opportunity to see like my family more than if I had another job, you know, so I think it's like super cool that it's been able to come full circle and they've supported me the whole time. So it's, it's awesome that it's the way it is, you know? And what advice would you give to anybody listening to this man? Like just with the, the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, Sean, like obviously you're a dude who like we've discussed, you've, you've been grinding since you were, since you were young you're experimenting with different musical genres and the things that you love to do and showing your versatility with your voice and playing guitar, playing bass, playing with otherwise, like whether people are, are musicians or not, like, is there anything that, um, you know, in, in the low points on this journey that you've learned about yourself, man, that you feel like might be beneficial for other people out there to hear if, if they're struggling? I think that, uh, especially like if you're trying to, get into being becoming a musician and uh trying to get like break into the uh 
uh, the touring lifestyle because it's it's never going to be like it was never easy when I first started to like try to find uh, ends to stuff. But you just show up and uh, like just keep showing up and eventually like someone's going to give you an opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, just don't take it for granted and definitely like uh, do your best, you know. Like it gets rough, like being on the road all the time. But like I said, as you just stick to it and are able to like remold your life in such a way that allows you to, uh, I don't know, like work with the lifestyle. I don't know. Like if you have like a job that's working with you, like, to go on the tours and stuff like that. Like that's, that's a lot. So that's big. Sorry. Kind of like losing my train of thought with it, but definitely like, like, uh, yeah, definitely try to dude. What was the question? I'm like, lose. I just lost it for a second there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no need to apologize, man. No need to apologize. I can edit stuff. No, it's all good. Yeah. Just like in, in terms of things that, um, you know, like that you persevered through along the way, as far as, you know, like, and, and you were kind of talking about just like being out. On oh, the road. I got a good one. Yeah. Being on the road, like that's hard, but I guess that's the easy part. Persevering is when you need to get out there and talk about your music more and you have to find people that'll let you get on a podcast and then being able to finish the question after, which <laughs> might be embarrassing, but you know, this is my, this is what I'm not good at. All right. <laughs> I could make music, do all that shit, but talking and trying to like explain everything, that's, that's usually like why I hadn't released the music sooner, you know? But it's part of being an artist and like, it sucks if you think about it, you just got to do it. And I think that's like what I could tell somebody. As like something to be aware of and uh, don't take it for granted because everybody's got to do it. You'll get better. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed this conversation with you, man. I think you've been doing great. It's been, it's been cool learning more about your journey. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the sky's the limit, man. Just keep doing your thing. Keep, keep making the music you love to make. And um and and I hope things continue to go well with otherwise. It looks like that's been a really good vibe with with you being in their camp too, man. So I think you can take it wherever you want to take it, man. But don't be hard on yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, my my uh my first podcast, I, I shoot, was in 2012, man. I was 24 years old. I'm 35 now. So, you know, I still got the baby face, so that's good. I I don't think I look 35, but, no. but yeah, back and listen <laughs> that first one. Um I, I think I, I'd like to think I've come a long way since then. So, yeah, don't be hard on yourself, dog. It's all good. It's been fun talking with you, man. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I'll put up the links in the podcast description, Sean, for, for everybody listening. But if, if they're not aware of where they can find you and where they can check out Halo, let them know, man. Yeah, check out Halo streaming everywhere now. Look up our Sean Fitz Halo uh check it out the video on youtube like if you've not heard of me check out the video first and, and all you is that uh 
Sean Fitz for everybody listening. So your full name is Sean Fitzpatrick, but all your music is under Sean Fitz. Correct. Sean Fitz. It's easier. <laughs> I think it's I think it's catchy too. It rolls off the tongue good, man. But yeah, dude, definitely keep in touch, man. Like I said, it's not just lip service. I'm I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I think you have a hell of a voice. And um I th- I think it's cool to see somebody else who who you know came out the mud from the Midwest, you know, chasing their oh, dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Keep keep doing it, man. As long as you love to do it, keep doing it, dude. Absolutely, bro. I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, man, it's hard to find like uh like stuff like this. And a lot of people that were doing it before COVID don't do it anymore. So it's like I was hitting a lot of dead ends. I was like, I gotta find some some people. So I appreciate you reaching back to me so quick. You're welcome, dude. You're welcome. Like I said, I got a lot of respect for for other up and coming artists and creators out there, you know, and um it's cool to be able to have a platform for people to talk about their story and kind of what they came from and what they're doing, man. So definitely stay in touch, man. And when you, and when you guys play with Metallica, don't, don't forget <laughs> about come through Nashville. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, Sean, have a great rest of the night, dude. Keep in touch and thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate Bro, it. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Alrighty, righty there you have it. That was my conversation with Sean Fitzpatrick. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at fakefits, and that is spelled F-I-T-Z. Make sure you go follow otherwise on Instagram at we are otherwise. The links to all of Sean's and otherwise's stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of that podcast description Hit those links and go follow and support my dude, Sean, and otherwise you will not be disappointed. Run up the streams on his latest single, Halo. Once again, that just came out on October 6th, so just at the beginning of this month. The music video is sick. The single is sick. If you love pop punk and alternative, you will dig it. And if you're a big fan of hard rock, make sure you go check out Otherwise's latest album, Godzillionaire, which just came out on March 10th. Once again, Sean is playing bass with them in their live gigs, so follow them on Instagram at We Are Otherwise to stay up to date on future tour dates and see if they're coming through your town. And on all of the music platforms, you can follow Sean at Sean Fitz, F-I-T-Z. His first name is spelled S-E-A-N. So once again, on all the streaming services, search Sean Fitz and you will find his music. I just want to say thanks again so much to Sean Dude, thank you so much for reaching out, for connecting, for taking the time to get on the podcast. I know you're a busy guy. You've written a lot of music over the last several years, and uh, it's really cool to see you chasing your dreams, man. I really think you embody what this show is all about, about persevering and moving forward, not quitting on what you love, and the fact that you're as talented as you are. You can sing, you can play guitar, you can play bass. Um, I just think it's really cool what you're doing, man, and uh, I'm really excited for you. And I, I, and again, I just think that your story of of persevering from from those humble early days where you were playing at a dive bar in Chicago on the South Side, and your mom and your grand came out, and you know now you're playing you know shows with thousands and thousands of people with other wise man. It's really cool, and I think it's a really inspirational story to anybody listening to just chase your dreams. You know, the improbable is not the impossible. I'm going to say that again. The improbable is not the impossible. And we often in this life allow naysayers or allow our own self-doubts or fears, myself included. This isn't me preaching. I've, I've done the same thing and I still battle through it. 
we allow the the limitations that we put on ourselves or the the negative you know viewpoints of other people to prevent us from chasing the improbable you know because if it was impossible nobody would be doing it if it was impossible to make a living as a musician nobody would be doing it if it was impossible to be a podcaster nobody would would be doing it if it, if it was impossible to work in entertainment of any kind Nobody would be doing it, but guess what? There's a lot of people doing it. There's movies that come out every week. There's new shows that come out every year. There's new albums that come out. There's people like Sean who have who have been grinding for years and years and years, and you know now he's in a position with an established hard rock band that's been around for a long time. They're like, "Yo, this kid's good. We need to get him on tour and get his energy on stage as our as our touring bassist." In addition to the music that he's been cranking out the last couple of years and his latest single, Halo, which is really awesome. Um, so don't, don't quit on your dreams. You guys, you know, do not quit on your dreams. Don't quit on yourselves, push through those limitations, push through those fears and, and know that, you know, there's a lot of, it's like that old quote, everything you want's on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of fear. I, I really believe that, um, in my life, when I have challenged myself, when I have stared fear in the face, um, those are the moments that have really led to a lot of beautiful and wonderful things for me. And even though there's a lot of those moments that that didn't turn out exactly the way that I planned. They still created life lessons for me. They still created great core memories for me. Um, this podcast was always something that was uh, something that I love doing. I I started it over a decade ago in 2012, um, and and I always had designs of picking it back up once I came down to Nashville. And after a few years of being here and the pandemic hitting, I was like, "There's no better time than now." So. Again, I know I probably sound like a broken record to people who listen to this a lot, but I am a little reflective today because it is the eight-year anniversary. I can't believe I'm saying that, that I've lived here. And, um, you know, doing these shows and talking with people like Sean, it's just a reminder of how important it is to chase your dreams. We get one life, man. Um, and like I said at the jump, you know, there's been a lot of death, uh, heartbreak and loss and family changes and stuff for me on a personal level over the last couple of years. And it's just a reminder that, Things change all the time. Sometimes things change really quickly. Sometimes people people turn on you or show you a side of them that you didn't know they had, and it's disappointing. But through all of that, there's something to be learned, and there are positive things on the other side of those challenges, man. So don't give up on yourselves. And uh, I hope that Sean's story was a big reminder of that. You know, if, if there's a dream that you have, do not let naysayers tell you it's impossible. The improbable is not the impossible. And Sean Fitzpatrick is a living example of that. So once again, make sure you go follow Sean on Instagram at fake fits, F-I-T-Z. Follow otherwise on Instagram at we are otherwise. Go check out the latest otherwise record, Godzillionaire. Go check out Sean's latest single, Halo, out now everywhere where you get your music. And once again, check out that music video. It is sick. It stars Donovan Winter Boyer. It was produced by his friend Cody Hoffman from City of the Week. Check out their music as well, spelled W-E-A-K, City of the Week. And once again, you can follow me on Instagram, at March4thPod. I am on YouTube, at March4thPod, and my website is March4th.podbean.com. The links with all of my stuff are in the podcast description as well. So if you enjoyed what you just heard, uh, I would greatly appreciate it if you liked, shared, subscribed, told your friends about it so we can get Sean's music out there, so we can get Otherwise's music out there. And uh, yeah, you know, keep in touch, you know, don't be a stranger to to all of you out there, man. Uh, like I said, you can find me on IG, you know, and uh, I 
any words of encouragement or support are always welcome. And and again, it's it's cool to just know you're not alone out there. So I hope this show is just a reminder to everybody that you're not alone. Uh, there's nothing but love and support over here, man. So I'm going to wrap this thing up officially by saying what I say at the end of every episode is a tribute to my grandfather. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Sean, here is his latest single, Halo. Peace. Look at your halo sitting on my bed. Fingerprints on the golden band. Did I fuck up? Did I fuck up? Did I fuck up? Look at you.